Good evening. Here at Liberty Caller, we are getting ready to offer President Joe Biden our Man of the Year Award, while we also announce our support for Judge Kentaji Brown Jackson joining the United States Supreme Court. And, at the same time, we prepare to backtrack and announce that Disney is absolutely right to oppose Florida's bill because it really is in the best interests of children to commit them to gender reassignment surgeries. Ah, just kidding. It's Friday, April 1st, 2022. I'm Michael Coyne, and you're listening to Liberty Caller. Happy April Fool's Day. Earlier this week, leaked footage from a Walt Disney Company all-hands employee meeting showed many top-level executives, top-level entertainment executives, stating things like, we don't have enough LGBTQIA representation in children's programming. Telling their employees things like, we need to do more. We need to do more. Disney is going full activist. Not just a woke corporation, because let's face it, most of them are woke corporations right now. Especially in the entertainment industry, and especially in Hollywood. But Disney is going absolutely bananas with this stuff. Not just putting a lesbian kiss, reportedly, in the new children's movie, Lightyear, based on Buzz Lightyear, formerly played by Tim Allen, but replaced with woke actor Chris Evans. No, 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 it's not just that. It can't just be that. Because that wouldn't be enough. They need to go out there and demand that children in the state of Florida get gender, sexual orientation, and sex education as young as... as young as third grade, or younger. Yes, I'm again talking about Disney's opposition to the Florida bill, the Parental Rights and Education Act, which was signed into law by Governor DeSantis. The bill prohibits sexual orientation and gender education, read sex ed, for kindergartners through third grade. How is that unreasonable? Conversations with children of that age should be happening with parents not in schools, and the absurd and reprehensible, vile defense that opponents of this bill, who, by the way, still inaccurately and inadequately call it the don't-say-gay bill, opponents, the best defense they can come up with is, oh, they're not really just your kids. There's no such thing, this is an actual statement, there's no such thing as other people's children. What in heaven's name is that supposed to mean? There actually is such a thing as other people's children. They are children who are not mine, who I don't have custody over. That is other people's children. Here's a note for you, woke mob. My kids are not your kids. You do not have the right to sexually groom my children or the children of anyone. If you actually insist, Disney, 
on being openly hostile to parents, to children, to turning your back on Walter Elias Disney's, Walter Elias Disney, excuse me, legacy as a family entertainer. Change your name. Change your name. Change the name of Walt Disney World and Disneyland. You don't deserve it anymore. Now, I'm still optimistic. I still hope that Disney figures out that this is a bad strategy and just goes dark for a while on politics, just goes silent until all this nonsense blows over. But I don't see that happening right now. I really don't. It's been a very vocal, very loud minority of Disney employees and activists who have been demanding that Disney take this course of action, and they have decided to listen. However, even more on the right, even more family-oriented traditionalists have come forward condemning Disney, doing what my wife and I did, and canceling our annual passes, or at least letting them lapse and expire. Because Disney, it's one thing to stay neutral in the fight. In fact, as a corporation, I could defend your neutral stance. And I have defended it on this program. I have said, okay, I can understand the American family doesn't always look like it used to, and you need to cater to everybody. That is one thing. But Disney has changed their MO. A few years ago, Netflix did the same thing. Instead of just going neutral, they went full tilt anti-family and anti-Christian. Including programming that was openly hostile, not just to traditional values, but to people like me. Netflix kept going a step further. Airing disgusting shows that depict children, underage children, real Live-action children performing sexualized dances on screen. Needless to say, I canceled my Netflix account. And you should have too. Today, am I calling for a boycott of Disney? Am I calling for you to cancel your Disney Plus subscription, to cancel your vacation? No. Because I know a boycott doesn't necessarily do anything. You need to make those decisions for yourself, and for your family, and for your household. But I can speak for myself when I say we'll be looking for alternatives. We'll be looking for alternatives. And I'll be darned if every dollar that we have to wind up giving to Disney for some entertainment thing or something we've invested in doesn't get matched going to a pro-family, pro-traditional values, pro-Christian values, pro-conservative group. I'm eagerly watching the news that came out this week from Jeremy Boring over at the Daily Wire about DW Kids. Some of that programming looks very interesting. I can't wait to see what comes of it. And I will be proud to spend my money on that. The same way that Starbucks lost my family's business. By the way, have you tried Black Rifle Coffee? It's excellent. 
Disney, if you honestly think you will weather this storm, maybe you will. Maybe you're too big to fail. But somehow, I doubt it. Between pricing out middle-class families and going full-tilt activist leftist, you are leaving your core constituency behind. And from a business standpoint, it's a dangerous move. I would like to see Disney survive long-term without middle-class families. I don't think it'll happen. We'll be right back. Under the guidance of President Joe Biden's administration, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration announced today some new safety standards, some new fuel standards, that all new vehicles sold by the year 2026 must achieve a minimum of 40 miles per gallon of gasoline. 40 miles per gallon of gasoline. These standards are ambitious, to put a positive spin on it, unrealistic, to put a realistic spin on it, and absolutely bonkers, crazy go nuts bonkers, to be straightforward about it. Most of the vehicles sold in this country are SUVs and trucks, to the tune of some 77%. To expect an SUV or pickup truck to achieve 40 miles per gallon is simply absurd. What the Biden administration is really trying to do is they are trying to force their radical left-wing agenda, aiming for protection from the fictitious boogeyman of climate change. They're trying to protect a world that isn't actually in danger. They're interested in perpetuating a hoax, kowtowing to far-left extreme interest groups that, by the way, happen to be owned by the same companies that are interested in, you know, these fuel technologies, these alternative fuel technologies, and happen to be promoting hybrid vehicles. But let's not look under that particular rock right now. That would be inconvenient. That would be really inconvenient. In real life, we at Liberty Caller want to ask a question. What do you expect the soccer mom to do? when she goes out to buy a minivan or an SUV and simply can't afford it? What do you expect automakers, many of whom right here in the U.S., to do when they don't meet, when they don't meet the 40 miles per gallon standard in 2026? Is the Biden administration truly this oblivious? Or are they actually trying to keep our economy crippled for years to come? What they're doing is wrong. They need to set realistic standards. The Trump administration had very realistic standards. After rolling back nonsensical standards, even more nonsensical than what I just outlined from the Biden administration, the Obama administration had crazy standards. So the Trump administration rolled them back and said fuel economies for new vehicles should rise by something like 1.5% each year. That was a realistic standard. Our scientific community, our business community, they could get behind that because that's actually achievable with advances in technology, advances in fuel efficiency, to say nothing of the fact that it actually accounted for the fact that most people, most Americans are buying larger vehicles. 
Now, 40 miles per gallon may be an achievable fuel standard in Europe, where the countries are roughly the size of one of our United States. That is to say, one state. But the United States is a large country. Have you ever tried to take a road trip in a car roughly the size of a shoebox? Yeah, you're getting 40 miles per gallon, and that's wonderful. But it's a horrible experience. You can't cram a family of five into a vehicle that's a, the equivalent of a small Prius. It just doesn't happen. Who is looking out for the American family right now? It sure isn't the Biden administration. It sure isn't the Biden administration. It may seem like old news to mention words like the Hillary Clinton campaign and the Steele dossier, but some news actually did break this week as the Federal Election Commission fined the Democratic National Committee $105,000, as well as issuing a fine to the Hillary Clinton 2016 presidential campaign, for financing the fictional Steele dossier that alleged a connection between the Trump 2016 campaign and the government of Russia. Let's say this again. The Democratic National Committee has been fined $105,000 for financing the fictionalized dossier that was the basis of the entire case alleging that there was collusion between Donald Trump's campaign for president and the Russian government. Because it was fiction. And every time conservative outlets or even unbiased outlets said that this Steele dossier is nothing there, they were accused, we were accused, of peddling fake news. We were accused of ignoring facts. The United States Congress held hearings on this thing. And just this week, we finally got around to the federal government actually fining someone for creating this disgusting work of fiction and sending the whole country on a wild goose chase, all in the name of smearing a president who legitimately won an election. Absolutely disgraceful. Absolutely disgraceful. And by the way, did you see a news story about it? Did you actually know that this came down this week? You had to be looking pretty hard. Yes, the stories were there, but they usually weren't on the front page where they belonged. This is real corruption. So the next time that some Democrat tells you that because you believe there were voter irregularities, voter fraud potentially, in 2020, and they tell you to get over it, Biden won legitimately, ask them how long it took for them to get over the fact that Trump won legitimately in 2016. Because apparently they're not over it yet. We'll be right back.
This has been an episode of Liberty Caller. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Truth Social, and more. We are online at libertycaller.net. We look forward to seeing you again real soon. This has been an episode of Liberty Caller with Michael Coyne. Copyright 2022.